Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Honey, that's my declaration of independence. I pledge allegiance to designers. Welcome back to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, the podcast that asks, whose fault is it that you're gay? It is me, Eric Williams, and this week we have Poonam Patel from just about a million TV shows you've seen, uh, but perhaps most famously, she did That's a Gay-Ass Live show. Um, And this episode truly runs the gamut from Poonam's relationship with her genius, hot gay friend Ryan O'Connell to her first exposure to a campy rom-com with a gay character, to a perfect character actress who has actually yet to be discussed on this pod. Um, I have to say this week has been so action-packed and exciting news as they finally fucking announced the New York Comedy Festival. Uh, If you didn't see on the Instagram of it all, it is going to be November 3rd at Chelsea Music Hall, and I'm not going to play it cool. The lineup is stupid. Like, squealed when I found out that Bowen Yang would be on the show. Squealed when I found out that Broadway's Jessica Vosk was going to do the show. Yeah, that's right. The best alphaba you've seen on YouTube. (laughs) We also have the boys from Stradio Lab, George and Sam. We have Chris Murphy. We'll have more surprise guests to be announced. And it's just going to be epic. Also epic is that we sold out the LA show on Thursday for tomorrow. It's going to be such a great gay-ass live show. And I just am real thankful. I'm thankful to the new Patreon subscribers we got this week. I'm grateful to you listening. I'm just, I don't take it for granted. And I'm, and I'm just uh, a very, a very happy gay boy. Uh, if you do want to join that Patreon to support for five bucks a month, it is at patreon.com slash podcast. But now let's get into this hilarious episode with the incredible queen that is Poonam Patel. Poonam Patel is on that side gay as a fucking podcast. Poonam, you uh, stole the show and that's a gay ass live show back in June. And now you're here to tell the tale. Thank you for coming on this gay ass pod. Oh, thank you for having me. You know, a part of me did feel guilty for winning. <gasps> Why? Well, Ryan was like, wow, the one straight person won the gay show. And I was like, was this a hate crime? 
I did want to bring up that there will be authorities pounding on your door. <laughs> this is me serving yeah. you papers. Honestly, this is me being served. And honestly, I deserve it. In fact, your apartment has been considered to be a no travel zone for queer <laughs> yeah. youth and adults because it's not yeah. safe for us because you will ultimately outshine the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the reason why I bring this up is because in 2001, Winona Ryder stole from the white women's paradise, as you called it, Saks Fifth Avenue. And you performed a Winona lip sync that did, I would say, break the genre of a character actress lip sync. Has Winona always been a muse? You know, she's one of those people that you don't realize it until you're asked the question. Like, I had never thought about, like, who's a character actress I love? And then I started, like, actually thinking about it for the show And I was like, well, who has been consistently through my life someone I'm always excited to see? Mm. And it's her. And did you already, did you have to research that she stole from Saks Fifth Avenue? Did you already know that? No, I knew the story. I think I remember, I I was like, was it Barney's or Saks? And so I did look that up. (laughs) But it had come up in conversation as well. But I do remember that because I remember seeing the footage and I remember just being like, this white lady's on one. This white lady is on one. That is... And we never got to the bottom of it because she was like, I am preparing for a role, but what movie was that? Um, It was The Da Vinci Code. They ultimately went with Tom Hanks. <laughs> yeah. All that work. All that theft. All of that theft and couldn't... It was National Treasure. Oh, that's what it was. Nick Cage beat her out. <laughs> yeah, it turns out that she wanted to try to steal the Declaration of Independence, <laughs> yeah. but she landed on a Mew Mew skirt. Honey, that's my declaration of independence. I pledge allegiance to designers. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just came up with the app title within four calendar seconds of this interview starting. Um, your love story with gays is so gorgine, and I want to take you to task on proving some of that love. First question being, it seems you have a love story with Ryan O'Connell. Can you tell me... Was it a love at first sight? Did you meet him on Grindy? How did we get there? Oh, I wish I met him on Grindr. Um, no, I it was love at first sight. Mostly because like there's just nobody like him. Like I'm obsessed with Ryan. I love him as most people who meet him do. And I'm like, he's one of my friends where I feel lucky sometimes. So I'm like, he picked me. Yes. He picked me back. Like he makes you feel not to plug a dead show, but special. Um, <laughs> but the first time we met, he because he had reached out about the show mm-hmm. and, you know, he wrote the first season. And so he had sent me all the scripts. And so I was like, okay, like, what's this about? I don't know. And I read it and it was like the first time I had like actually laughed out loud at Mm. something I read in a long time, which I think it's like as a fellow comedian and creative, it's like sometimes we're a little snooty about it. And we don't mean to be, but because we're just like surrounded by such a concentration of like funny people and funny content at all times, like it can be really hard to make us laugh sometimes, but we want to, we desperately want to, but our standards sometimes are just like up here. It's, It's kind of unfair, but whatever. But I read those and I was like, oh my gosh, I have to meet. So we met at Sycamore Kitchen on La Brea. Shout out. Very, very good Chinese chicken salad. I was eating meat at the time. So that's what I got. We, I think we both got Chinese chicken salads and I don't know why I remember that. But literally like I showed up, he smiled at me and I literally was like, I have a crush on you. Like, and then we talked forever at lunch. I don't even remember how long it was, but we like did not stop talking, which 
him and I, it's actually a miracle we're such close friends because neither of us ever shut the fuck up. Mm. So I actually don't know how we even have conversations sometimes. But it's we... just like in dating. I, I find that sometimes if there's the talker versus the listener, but if there's two talkers in the friendship, the fact that it can work between you two, honey, yeah, that's magique. It's a blessing from our Lord. Yes, it's it's amazing because there is like a harmony to it because we're both like crazy in our own ways. We're both highly animated, but it just like clicked. And I think... What people like maybe don't know about Ryan is like he's so sharp. He's so funny. He's so quick witted and like can be so savage. But actually, he has like the kindest heart. He is like so sweet and so thoughtful. And he really just like cares so much. And so I just like from the beginning felt very warm. And then literally like a month later, we were in Austin shooting together and we were just like going through this like crazy experience together. And wow. I feel like those things like bond you too, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. And I have to say the comment about his, his heart, of course he is so witty. He also happens to be very fucking sexy, but yeah. he is all of those things, witty, yeah. biting, but also just like such a good soul. And very like, I feel like, especially in this age where like, sometimes I feel very old because like, I feel like we're in this space where a lot of people have to like act chill. Yes. You know, I have to act chill. Like, I don't care. And I'm like, I care a lot about everything all the time. Like, I sometimes still, I, I deal with that every day. Yeah. And so then it's like sometimes when you feel that you're just like, oh, like, am I not cool? Because I'm like, don't have chill. But then you meet Ryan and he's just like so actually authentically himself that it's like being around him almost like puts you at ease because you're like, oh, look, it's okay. You can just like be yes, in a way. Well, and that's why I think I'm such a fan of yours is because sure, you might happen to be of the heterosexual persuasion, but you also have this feeling of otherness that of course comes from so many different layers. And that's why I want to take you to task with the Gay Ass Podcast question for straights. And this is the first time this specific question is being asked. So get ready. Oh, wow. To break Jew ground. It's new. I'm just, I'm the Jew. But anyways, the question is, Poonam Patel, who was your first gay? And let me give you some elaboration. Since you've always been close to the gays, tell us, who was your first gay connection? Was it a classmate? Was it a relative? Was it a celebrity you thought you were friends with? Poonam Patel, give it to us gay. Well, you know, it's interesting to think about because... I feel like I had connections to friends that were queer before they were out. So before mm. I knew they were queer and I don't look back on it being like, I knew it. Cause like, how, you know what I mean? <laughs> like yes, I just, yes. it was, they were my friends. And then later in life, like after high school, um, I had two friends who came out and I was just like, so they were technically my first gays, yeah. um, two very good friends from high school, but uh, one male, one female. But I didn't know at the time. So it's like it's an interesting space to be in where it's like technically that's it. But then if I'm thinking about like the first pop culture gay or first pop culture reference gay that I remember actually having an impact was probably like. Maybe I'll be canceled for this, but like Rupert Everett's character in My Best Friend's Wedding. Not canceled at all. Right? I mean, listen. Where I was just like, 
And I think that was also one of the first examples of an actually queer person playing queer on TV that I had seen during this is like the 90s so it wasn't happening as often as it is now which yeah. is great that it's improved but i remember back then being like wow he just exists in this world and yes there are certain things that were stereotypical but for the time i was like he was the hero of that movie he was the only person i didn't have an issue with he was the only person i didn't have a problem with and if i had to pick it's the person i would feel the safest around yes and i'm like that to me has always been such a remarkable thing where maybe it's because marginalized groups can get each other and even if we're not marginalized in the same way you do feel a safety from the majority and i know that's not like a blanket that can apply to everyone but i do feel safer it's a when you know, you know scenario, I think. Yeah. It's like you can't we can't paint in broad numbers and say which marginalization, which community would connect with what. But like, I think when you know, you know, you yeah. feel safe. Yeah. And that's why I love this answer so much, because I oftentimes try to give flowers to the girls from high school who made me feel safe. Yeah. To the people who when I was growing up, I knew I was not in the majority, but didn't need to know why, but knew that I was safe with certain people. And you are this perspective. So when you were friends with the gays from high school, obviously you're saying you didn't know at the time, but did it ping to you that there was a commonality and you couldn't put your finger on that? What did it feel like to like have this connection with people, even though you didn't ex- exactly know they were actually gay? Well, my male friend, I felt like I really just didn't know. I just had known him since we were little kids. And so I was just like, oh, well, he's like family to me. So that's what it is. Were you both in theater together? Uh, no, we were not. I was, I, I was in Fiddler on the Roof. He was not. <gasps> um, Who'd you play? I was just a miscellaneous mama. Just a miscellaneous <laughs> Jewish mother. The mama. Yeah, the mamas. Yeah, the mama. And then I did the, we had to do like old lady makeup, which I was like, this is offensive in hindsight. <laughs> and I also, I remember I had two lines one was at the wedding and I just go, love, ha. So I'm like, okay, I'm also cynical. And then the other one was, did you hear of the news? A new arrival in Model and Zydles. <gasps> and that's right into going into the the Taylors. Okay, so I played Model the Taylor. And, oh, excuse uh, me, star. Thank you for saying that. I never got to do it professionally, even though I absolutely tried. But um, I did do it my freshman year of high school. And the fact that you were remembering your lines... You know, you do know your memory is next level, right? Yeah. yeah. The Chinese chicken salad. Yeah. I know. Your lines. From... It's all stuff that doesn't matter. Then I like, <laughs> then I'll be talking and I like won't remember the word for like refrigerator. I'm like, you know, the thing that keeps your food and your groceries cold, it's in your kitchen. Like I'll forget stuff that matters and then I'll remember like arbitrary fun facts. Are you um, undiagnosed ADHD? Maybe. I'm just projecting because I definitely am. I'm going to look into it. Wait, so then the girl gay, um, were you in soccer together? We were not. <laughs> we were on swim team together. Okay, that tracks. And, you know, she, I remember, I was just like so drawn to her. It's my friend Katie. And she came in senior year because her family had just moved to town. And I remember like she had lived around the world. And there was something about her spirit that was so calming and so free and so beautiful and so accepting that we just like, 
immediately bonded. And I don't remember, like, I was kind of like one of those students that was like, I got nominated to be like peer facilitator. So I Mm -hmm. like went and like trained with the guidance counselor for like a month to be a resource for my peers if they wanted to like talk to me about something. I don't think anyone ever did. But I was also like a peer student ambassador type thing. Like if there was a new student, I could like welcome them because probably because I was like maybe one of the nicer people in my grade. Not that they were all mean, but you know, I was like very friendly. And so I can't remember if I had gotten assigned her or maybe I just decided to take her on because she was new and we were both on swim. I think I actually joined swim because she's like, you should just join. It's like great. It makes your body feel good. And I was like, okay. I was like, not good. I was slow, but I'm glad I did it. But I remember just feeling like, again, there's like a safety I felt with mm. her and like a comfort. And I felt like I could really authentically be myself. And that was really important because I went to a high school in Florida It was a private school. It was like mostly super rich white kids. And I think I didn't realize it at the time, but I, in hindsight, probably as most teenagers do, struggled with like feeling a part of it or like belonging because I was like so, I felt so different. Yeah. And then I remember when I felt her, there was just something where I was like, no, 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 like you're, we're it. Like when you know, you know. Oh. That makes me think about the people that were there yeah. for me. And, and I'm sure people listening feel the same way because I I talked about this last week, but I was just at a wedding this weekend of one of my people, like my growing yeah. up. They introduced me to my favorite movies. They were my safe space on the weekends. And what's so amazing about it is that I came out, I'm from St. Louis where there's an area called Forest Park and there's these fountains that we would hang out at at night. Oh, wow. We only would just sit looking at the fountains and talk. That's so pure. <laughs> I mean, it's so pure. Very like 500 days of summer minus any sense of romance. <laughs> Although I did tell them I wanted to, I, I was like, we're probably going to get married because I knew deep down that there was no one else in the world that I would be able to marry safely except yeah. for them. Yeah. Just, I just, even though I didn't know I was gay fully, I knew that I yeah. wasn't going to be, I, I, di- I didn't see my life going in any other safe direction at that time. Yeah. But I said to them, I, I, I told them that I was gay in our hangout spot. And then a year later, we were sitting in my parents' car and they said to me, so I have something to tell you. I was like, oh, yeah, wh- what's up? And they said, I think we should go to the Forest Park Fountains. And I took a beat. I said, oh, my God, are you gay too? And they said... I am. We hugged. And it was like, it made so much sense. You know, it's like if when you know, you know. Oh, that's so special. Because I think it's like, it is really hard. Like I think about being a teenager, especially. And there's just so many things. Well, one, we have like hormones surging through our bodies, making us feel absolutely fucking insane. insane. And there's just so many new things about life being thrown at you as you're trying to figure out so many things about yourself. And then you have like media and what's been normalized and standards of beauty and standards of sexuality and all these things. And then it's like, you're just a kid. Like I was just telling someone the other day, like, I can't believe they let us go to college and be on our own at 18. And it's like, it worked out great. But I'm like, at 18... Technically, yes, we're an adult. I was still a kid. Child. That's a child. That's a child. Like, when you think about 18 years old, like, you're still a teenager. And it's a lot. It's like a miracle any of us survived. 
<laughs> I agree. I mean, there's just so many steps of growth you have to take in order yeah. to actually be able to move through the world with confidence in who you are. And it doesn't happen for many years after 18, hun. It's, oh, it's, it's, it's still, I'm still in process. Truly. But that's, I think, why, to your point about acting like we're so cool all the time, it's like that to me is so antithetical to who I am because I am a very, like, I, I don't think I have chill. No. And I don't think I have I have calm. But I want to say full circle about this friend who I, you know, came out to. They got married this weekend and they are, you know, trans non-binary. They are so fucking stunning. And they married this woman named Sasha who just brings up the best in them. And to be at a wedding, I was there with my whole family because it's we're basically like family. Yeah. And um my family flew to Boston for this wedding and for them to be the minority of straight people at a queer wedding. Yeah, that is like a gift that I will never take for granted because can you it's like it's hard to explain to someone who isn't any sort of different, you know, like, and and I and I would say, well, my the people in my family, of course, have their quirks and boo, boo, boo. They are people in my family. They're straight, white, cis people. So like to, to watch them watch the wedding. Oh, honey, it was that's growth. That's that, progress. And, and that it was. It really was. Yeah. When you watched, if we can go back to my best friend's wedding. Yes. When you looked at Rupert Everett's character, did you at all see that in your future of being a part of a gay man's dinner parties? Because I know you've been a part of them. Yeah. No, I think I did. And again, it's like not to be a sweeping stereotype, but I'm like, he was also the character in the movie that was constantly having the most fun. Mm. And maybe I didn't realize it at the time. But I think I saw, like, as much as there is a struggle in going away from what's been standardized or normalized in the ways a traditional life should go, especially for, like, straight cis people, I saw this sense of relief there could be in not having to do that and in not being expected to do that. And I think, especially as, like, an Indian woman... I think a long time ago, I went ahead and let everyone know, like, it ain't going to be that for me. And I think that's part of what is, like, attractive to me about, like, seeing a character like that that was, like, living by his own standards and we didn't get to go that deep into his backstory. I mean, I would have loved a spinoff on just his character, But he was like a reminder that like, no matter what your straight problems are, life is going to be okay. And also you're being crazy. And And Julia Roberts is fucking nuts in that movie. She's fully unhinged. It is hard to like her. Honestly, everyone in that movie, I'm like, what is actually happening here? He was the only person. And also, did you know Paul Giamatti's in that movie? Okay, so I watched it, rewatched it in, in the past few years. Who has seen that movie? I think, wait, if... I, okay, I might be fake news, but I think he is just like oh wait a the minute, room I... service guy or something. Yes, he is. He is. He that, is. Like, he works at the hotel. Gives her a cigarette. It's like the shortest scene, and I was like, the <laughs> best actor in the movie out of the bunch is like in it for one scene, which is also such a good reminder of like there's no small parts. Um, but yeah, I think like I don't want to call it alternative lifestyle, but like. When we are, like, not part of a traditional lifestyle, like, yeah. there is a freedom we get to experience and a relief that comes with it where we're like, 
oh my God, thank God I didn't have the capacity to just conform to what had been told to me that I should be doing at all times. Oh my God, you are hitting it on the head. I, You should have seen one of my straight brothers watch me flirt with another gay man at this wedding. <laughs> it's the same idea of like conforming to what, like I, 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 he was like, I just, what does Matt think? And of course Matt was like, someone else can take him off of my hands. He was just like, it was yeah. just like, it's, it's so funny to see people who think that those are the only ways watch people like live in, in, in the way that's authentic to us. Yeah, like we actually like it wasn't an option for us to live that way. That was like yeah. not the way we are built. And it's not the way the world is built to that world. This world won't adjust to people like us. So we kind of have to adjust to ourselves and do our own thing. And so I think like, yeah. I probably, even though I didn't realize it at the time in 97 or whenever the movie came out, like, I probably always knew, I always knew I was, like, different than everyone in my family. I used to call myself, like, the brown sheep of the family, but I knew that's, like, life can be enjoyed at a different level than we're allowing ourselves to do it. Yes. And I feel like, especially when I'm around people like you or Ryan, it's a reminder of that because it's, like, it's not easy. It is hard. And then, you know, there's struggles I can't even imagine that a lot of my queer friends go through that I'll never be able to understand. But I do know at the other end of it, it's like a life that's better than anything you could have imagined. It's like, it's worth it. Yeah, it's so worth it. And I think that what you do understand is the idea of projected expectations. I think I, I love in a lot of your interviews how you talk about like, how in Ryan's show, how you love that the character was a person first and then her being Indian is second. It's not like that yeah. is the defining feature. Did you find when you were first auditioning, writing in Hollywood, was there like a ceiling you had to break through of the projections you were given? Like what? Because I, I, I see you as someone who has worked on so many amazing things. And of course, I can think it's always been she's talented she's gorgeous she's everything but i'm sure like there must have been this growing period where you had to almost prove yourself is that what happened yeah you know it's like tricky it feels like you know since i moved to la it's like diversity's trending yeah so it's like you have to be honest with yourself and be like well gosh i kind of want to lean into that because i'll be rewarded so you almost have to find a way to be like i am proud of everything that makes me myself but I'm not going to wear it as a costume just to get what's trending. Mm. So it's like a very hard balance because as you know, it's like so highly competitive that you're like, well, I just put on this fucking accent and play a convenience store order. I mean, my parents actually own convenience stores, so it actually would be pretty authentic. But like, why just play this terrorist? Whatever, I'll get paid. And then sometimes right. I'm like, if someone does it, respect. I don't judge people for taking any role when they're starting out because it's so fucking hard but then it's like as you get more you do have the luxury to actually be able to think about it more and I feel like even beyond Indian because I would just be excited anytime a breakdown said South Asian because I was like because oh, usually it was like all ethnicities welcome and I was like thank you so much all of us just all of us. And then you'll decide which one it is. But it was like, if it was like something actually written for South Asian and had a South Asian name, that would actually make me excited. I think the thing that was hard for me is when 
in the description, it'd be like personality traits. And then it would say fat or chubby or something like that. And I'm like, that's not a personality trait. You can't act chubby. Yeah. And that's at this point, I think it's barely a body type because that's so relative and we're like reclaiming that word. And so I think that was a hard thing for me to make sure that I was never playing something where my body was the butt of a joke because, Mm. I mean, we all feel insecure. We're all aware of what is considered hot and not. And I mean, I remember one of the first auditions I got was for like a Nickelodeon show. And I'm not even joking. It was literally for, it was like, this is a kid's show, by the way. And it was a character that was described as like troll-like lady, ogre woman. And then I read the script and she's like growling at people. She's at one point, she's literally eating garbage, eating trash. And then they're like calling her like, they're like, what is it? And I literally like emailed my agent. I was like, listen, I know I am starting out. I am very humble. I am not asking to be the star of anything. I will just go even be background. I cannot in good conscience (laughs) go in for this role and do it. I just have too much self-respect to allow this character to exist in my body and be like, yeah, I'm this lady eating garbage troll. Like, it was just so offensive. And then I really had to be like, and why was I submitted? <laughs> that is always the most beautiful realization is yeah. when you receive the email and you think to yourself, how many people <laughs> had to agree? What about me? Was like, oh, you'd be great for this. <laughs> I've seen, like, yeah, I eat trash. Yeah, I'm troll-like <laughs> in cer- like certain troll-like characteristics, but like, can we not do that? I think someone, the person writing that had just watched Miranda Hobbs eat cake out of the trash, and I think she just couldn't get past it. And honestly, who hasn't been there? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. Oh god. Well, I love how you're on social media like giving us your gorgeous travels and eating your gorgeous meals. It's like We got to. What I I'm tired Instagram, I'm tired of the gorgeous outfit in the middle of Soho. I want to see the noodles you're eating in yeah. a side street in Toronto. That's what I want to see too. And I was like, I mean, I would love to like eat food for a living, like somehow have like a food travel mukbang show is like my yes. goal. And I'm like, OK, once the strike is over, I'm going to try and make it happen. But I feel like whenever I come across anyone in like the food influencer space, especially like like straight white women. And I, I don't think you have to be a certain size in order to enjoy food. So it's not that they're tiny that's bothering me. Maybe it's triggering for me, but it's not, I'm not criticizing it. It's the, I'm going to take a burger and eat it as gross as I possibly can. And it's the impression that enjoying food is gluttonous. Mm. And that it's funny and that it's kind of gross. And isn't it kind of gross that I'm like a girl and I'm like eating a burger? Like, isn't that funny? And I'm like, what? what's funny about that? Like, I want to show like the joy in it. It's giving August Osage County, eat yeah. the fish, bitch. Eat the burger, bitch. I want to know what's, is it Gruyere? Yeah, it's giving Paris Hilton in a Carl's Jr. commercial. Remember the one Come where she's like, on. is that Carl's Jr.? Where she's like, the car wash? And I was like, yes. everything about this I hate. Because it's like, oh my God, she's in a bikini and she's eating a burger. How is it even possible? Where is she going to put the burger if she's wearing a bikini? The clothes won't. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Do you feel like, I mean, I feel like you have created such a special show and community that is such a safe space where i feel like you when you're like hosting the show we are all just like in your domain but we also feel like welcomed into it and it's like so good and you were so funny and so original but do you ever oh. feel like pressure to be a certain way like within your community is this allowed can i ask you a question can i ask no, you questions okay what if i was like i'm so sorry you're about to be um again the authorities are about to knock you cannot ask me a single fucking question i'm not joking i so our next show is in mere days yeah. this week and um i have been thinking i'm writing a opening another opening song for the show i'm gonna do a little singing and i won't say who but there's always a very successful 
let me take that. Let me take two. There is sometimes the critic in my head is a very successful gay comedy actor person. And whenever I write yeah. something that I think is me being a little too pandery or just like, I'm just going to be the gay guy that talks about insert overdone topic. And by the way, I don't think any topic actually is overdone as long as you're, is it genuine yeah. and coming from a real place? But I'll sometimes yeah. write something that I'm like, is this coming from a place of me f of checking off a gay box or is it actually coming from within? And I hear this really successful, funny gay comedian's voice in my head who I respect. And it's him being like, Ugh, I knew you were a hack and I knew that you cannot come up with anything beyond a grinder meme page on Instagram. And that is sometimes Damn. the pressure I feel because I do want it to be this, you know, beautiful, safe space of community and also like celebrating some of the campy dumb shit we love. But I never but I don't yeah. ever want it to be an easy tops versus bottom joke. And again. I could probably come up with a f lovely joke about bottoming, but like there is this pressure, I think, to almost like you're saying, it's the exact same thing you're saying about like, we can take the roles that are stereotypes of our people and we can do those things. And I very much feel like I'm still building my career in a way that I, you know, I want to be able to say I, I have these shows and all of these things. And so sometimes I wonder like, what's the balance of staying true to what you find funny? Yeah but also not feeling pressured to go for the joke that is palatable and expected. Does that make any sense? No, it does. And it is hard. And I'm sure it's like a case by case thing. There's no like rule, right? But also at the end of the day, it's like, I'm always like, well, if it brings me joy, then do it. And something that I'm trying to learn about that too is like perfection is literally the devil. And the more that you try <laughs> to get there, the further away you'll be. And like, yeah. like accepting that what you are doing isn't perfect, but it is your own. Like that being the success, that to me is still a journey I go on every day. I mean, there was something about the way that you did your lip sync from Girl Interrupted. And there's like 10 seconds of, of like banging up top. There's no dialogue. But the fact that you put your fucking back to the audience... <laughs> just me running is funny <laughs> enough i am not an athletic person and running has never been like just the way my i have like big boobs and a huge ass like gravity like my body is not built for like vertical motion or like running that's just not what it's supposed to do so like me trying to do that alone <laughs> is funny enough. but it's just like the fact that we can do that and then have a crowd of people be like screaming and laughing that to me is the gift and it means a lot that you're that you're saying that you you could feel the energy because i i have known in my gut for years that i could be capable of creating something like that and i it would be the key to like a fuller life but it's literally take i'm about to turn 34 and it's taken me until now to like be like oh i actually i think i deserve the space of this yeah. and so it's it's really really encouraging to hear you say that because i really respect you and look up to you so much that's very nice also you are so young still and you have done it like and you know sometimes i wonder like especially in like entertainment and comedy especially it does feel like sometimes we have to like compare or whatever but really at the end yes. of the day we're like always trying to like outdo ourselves and when it's like well if we keep doing that like when do we get to just stop and be like look what i've done because it's like you know 
especially right now, like we're in a strike. I think it's very common for a lot of us to feel kind of like, well, what have I done? And is anything else going to happen? And was this it? And what, like, it's very, very unsure. We're in a really unstable time. And then we, it takes like someone else being like, oh my God, you've done this. And it still has impact. Even like something you did years ago, like a show you could have put on last year could still have impact for someone. You just don't know, you know, but you just have to trust it does. And then it's like in any form, like, you are doing it and it is like having impact on people. And it's like, you sometimes want to keep like better and better, but then sometimes when we're trying to do that, it's like, but then we're not enjoying what we have done. And what's wrong if it just stays this great all the time? Oh my God. It's, uh, you know, like if you did the same opening number every time, what's wrong with that? People loved it. People loved it. I would watch it again. Like, (laughs) Oh my god, it's so it's so spot on. And I think that is why there's this deep appreciation for that feeling of safety with people. I think that's what is like such a great moment of celebration for like having you on this week. And that is why I'm going to ask you the next podcast question, which is, you know, controversial, because we have talked about a specific character actress, but we'll see if you go for the same or other. The question is, Poonam Patel, if the world was ending, you could only save one character actress, who would you save? Well, this is going to be shocking. It's not the one I play. <gasps> I think it would be Octavia Spencer. Oh, thank And the reason I didn't choose her for the show was I felt like I really could never do her justice. But I just think she is so special. And maybe a part of me is narcissistic because honestly, wildly enough, multiple random people online have put pictures of us side by side (laughs) and i don't see it but i am very flattered i just think she is so special and it's i think i just really respect someone that did not fit the mold of anything that this forget industry but that this world rewards oh my god and still her talent has shown through and her charm has shown through and she has played historical figures to fucking ma to investigator to like everything and i'm like that to me is like a dream career and a dream existence yes because yes she's not a kardashian where you like can't even go to the grocery store but she is so respected. And I don't think I've ever heard anyone say anything bad about her. Was she the one? Yep, she, it was her. I'm going to go to our most trustworthy news outlet, which, of course, is HelloGiggles.com. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when Britney Spears and Sam Ashkari announced their engagement on September 12th, oh, my God, almost a calendar year ago to the mm-hmm. date or wow. two, however many years ago, Octavia Spencer commented, Make him sign a prenup. Oh, like commented publicly? Publicly on Britney Spears' Instagram. (laughs) Nothing but respect for my queen. (laughs) Honestly, like, can you imagine just like she's probably like having her morning coffee. Oh, I picture her in the bath. Yeah, in the bath being like, make him sign a prenup, send or post. And then people, I think people were angry that, (laughs) I mean, first of all, I think most of us were probably fully on board i'm like well yeah a, yes b That's... thank you octavia spencer for trying yes. to guide our, our our sister britney spears honey she's not well no and i think that all of us would do well to listen to octavia spencer's advice yeah i think so okay i thought you were about to say something that was going to cancel her and i was going to no. be like no 
would never no. besmirch Octavia's name. I feel ever. like you didn't cancel her. We just actually like renewed our subscription for a lifetime. Lifetime renewal and make it auto auto charge auto the pay. credit card. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I I do know that people. Some people don't love to discuss this film, but I do think that Octavia Spencer in The Help was absolutely like the fact that you can watch her give a shit filled pie to the white woman who has been a monster to her. There is just such a catharsis in that. And in a way, it's the same thing we've been talking about with knowing that you've been treated poorly based on something you can't control. And then to see Octavia Spencer yeah bake shit into a pie that it's just so so delicious yeah (laughs) yeah there is just something like satisfying and you you know to be quite honest i actually have not seen the help really because i felt like so many people talk so much shit about it i kind of felt guilty watching it oh of course like it's fucked up don't watch it don't watch it and so i was like okay but you know what's not clips because I love my girl and she's excellent in it. And so I'm like, sometimes like I have, I cannot compare myself to her, but it's like kind of like sometimes when you read a script and you're like, well, this is bad, but it's going to get made. Should I at least do it so I can be the one trusted with it? Like at least she was trusted with it as opposed to someone else who would have like really made it even worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I guess that's the silver lining. It is, and I do think that it rightfully got the flack it got because of the person, I believe it was written by a white woman. Yeah, I think it's because, like, the book, and I, I think it started with the book, and then we made a movie, and I think it was, like, part of a larger issue of, like, a lot of, like, what should be a Black point of view and a narrative centering on the white characters kind right, of thing. Right, like, I think right. Green Book got the same same criticism yeah 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 i mean it's tough yeah well and you know what not ideal (laughs) it's not ideal but i i do like that of course we are drawing attention to these things and i think to write history it might just have to be a situation where the movie is written where you and octavia spencer play relatives because clearly people think you two do you see it like i'm trying to make like a that is ma you are giving ma (laughs) You know what it is? I think it's because... That's all I've ever wanted to be told. You're serving Ma. You're ser- Honey, you're serving Ma. <laughs> it's the tight-lipped smile for me. Right? Is it's it- Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then there's a slight mischievous and tear behind the eyes. I think you both have such incredibly comedic, expressive eyes. I think that's it. And I it. see it there. And I think that you should take the comparison and run with it because I, oh, will, I will also hop on that wagon. I don't understand it but i am 1000 percent flattered and it's only happened twice but like two times someone posted like doesn't she look like this and they posted a picture of octavia spencer and i was like excuse me patel is ma the sequel (laughs) ma's Ma's younger cousin's revenge i couldn't handle it i was like i'll do it i know it is interesting here's a question for you not to keep turning it back around like Talking about, like, who should play what and things like that, I feel like I've had a lot of discussions with a lot of people about playing queer characters. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I've been more up in arms about it, depending on the project. And some of my queer friends have been like, ma'am, it's a body swap comedy. It's not that serious. Take the role. And I'm like, I just don't think it's right. And they're like, 
well, they're not going to find another, like a queer Indian woman to give it to. They're just going to pick another straight woman who maybe won't be as thoughtful as you are. Mm-hmm. So it's actually better that you do it and it gets made than not because the representation is still there. But I really struggle with it all the time. And maybe I'm being too idealistic about it. And perhaps I've lost out on opportunities because of it. But I always like really go to my queer friends for advice on it because and I don't think there's like a right answer. But what are your thoughts? Well, that is it's a great question because there is no right answer. And I think that I will go on the record in saying that and I genuinely mean this, that if if you are being offered a role that she is queer and you're going to your queer friends and even asking this i think like that is the yes you need because like you it'd be different if you were a person who has never had to experience any otherness ever and that's clearly not the case i think that i could absolutely be canceled based on certain people who have been cast in roles that are you know not of their because yeah. as a Jew, Jewish person, that's a very big part of the zeitgeist right now, too, with, you know, yeah. Bradley Cooper. And I had friends who were really up in arms about Rachel Brosnahan and, and Maisel. And yeah. it is very case by case for me. Yeah. I've And that's probably the the like the people that could get angry with me is that, well, Eric, shouldn't it be that? all Jews should play Jews, all queer people should play queer people. And I actually don't think that's the case. I do think that when it's like, I find it hilarious. And not even, I'm not even angry. I'm just like so perplexed that Helen Mirren is playing gold in my year. <laughs> <laughs> like that to me is like, I'm not angry. It's, it's just, just like. No, there was no one else? Like that to me is like, well, I we do. We have to think, go so far off. I do think someone. I do think at least put like Andrea Martin in the role. Like at least put someone that could like. Let's you know, get a little closer. <laughs> yeah, to like the queen. Yeah, no, it's like you know, I and one of my friends made a good point where it was like, there are when it comes to diversity, there are ones that are more visible as far as far as representation than others. And that can get tricky, too, because there are some people that are half Asian. To me, they look Asian. To some people, they're white presenting. So Mm -hmm. that's not proper representation, but their lived experience is. So there's always so much nuance. So I think it's okay to go case by case because it's like if it was like an A24 drama biopic about a woman's journey and her sexuality and coming. Yeah. I should not be the person playing that because I am not bringing a level of authenticity that that role deserves. But again, for the body swap comedy, maybe it's okay. But I still, yeah, I still, it's it's a really interesting conversation because for other marginalized groups, we would never, like if they cast a white person to play Indian, I'd be like, this is so fucking wrong. Right. So to me, I'm like, I should have the same standard for other identifying factors that are not as, quote, visible. But and it is to the point, yeah. I think, that that the community that the character is from, if it's such a pivotal part of their journey, then yeah, like, like, I don't know if you watched You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah on Netflix. It is <laughs> no, but I'm going to right you now. You <laughs> need to. This is a resounding yes to you needing to watch this. Okay. It's so good. And I feel like, of course, like they cast Jews in that movie and they should have. And thank fucking God, it's brilliant. It's clearly such an authentic place. But like, if it's a comedy about the body swapping and it's not a comedy about right the queer person's like journey to coming out it's like yeah 
play the fuck you i will call your agent and your manager <laughs> and i will tell them exactly why i'm going to join their team to help them uh go to the studio to, to okay good, good, good. that's that's how far i'm willing to go well you know it's funny because i feel like in these instances a lot of times everyone else is convinced that it's okay and i'm the one that's like i don't think this is okay there's a lot of not... people like that there's it's it's yeah. it's a total dance and i think like yeah. the fact that the questions are being asked that's literally all you can do otherwise yes. we have to we just have to go back to like doing our best that's literally yeah. all we can do yeah. um but i i do have to sadly end this yeah. But I'm very excited because I'm changing the final podcast question to a question <gasps> I did not prep you on. Okay. But it's going to be different from recent episodes because while we cannot maybe speak specifically about some of your projects recently, we I can ask you the final podcast question about one of your co-stars. Poonam Patel, to end this episode of That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, what is... The best Molly Shannon role. People are going to judge me. Mm. They're going to say I am not evolved. They might even say I am lowbrow. But to me, superstar, sketch form will always be the sketch most iconic form. thing. Sketch the movie, excellent. Making out with the tree, we fucking love it. Will Ferrell, we love you. Great. But when it first came out as a sketch, it was the first thing I imitated, <gasps> like comedy-wise. That you smelled those pits and you got the laugh. Oh my god! The amount of times my sister and I still are like, so sad. like, and it's so cheesy. And I'm like, uh, I shouldn't still be referencing this, but the impact it had, and like, I felt like it came from a place where it didn't have to be like. I'm gross, I'm nasty, or it was self-deprecating, but it was in such a, like, simple humor way. And she was just so that character. And she was, like, the first person where I'm like, you're such a hot fucking mess and mm. I can't stop rooting for you. And that is, like, my favorite thing. I think you're going to have a lot more supporters than you realize, and I'm giving okay. snaps for that answer because okay, it, thank you. Uh, if anybody does want to cancel Poonam Patel for that, we need the clicks. <laughs> Poonam Patel, thank you so much for coming on That's a Gay-Ass Podcast. Where can people follow you? And is there anything you want to plug? Um, I'm on Instagram oh, exclusively. <laughs> Good. I can't handle anymore. I'm at Big Poonam. I get tagged as Big Pun, the late rapper, at least once a week. That's <laughs> not me. It'll be my glamour shot. You'll know it's me. Um, and I'm just promoting everyone making the best of this current tumultuous times and supporting each other and not turning on each other. Oh. And staying hopeful and strong even when it's hard. Peace and blessings. Uh, Poonam, thank you so much. And thank you. I will see you again. Thanks for listening to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast with Poonam Patel, such a fucking star. If you have not left a five-star review, speaking of stars, head to that spot right now and do it, if you don't mind. And if you want to get tickets to the New York City Gay-Ass Live Show, it's in the New York Comedy Festival, head to my bio on Instagram, at Eric Wills, E-R-I-C-W-I-L-L-Z, or at Gay-Ass Podcast. I love ya. And I'll see you LA motherfuckers at the Gayest Live Show tomorrow.
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.